Hello people, good evening. Where we discuss everything about startups and corporate life with founders and business leaders who share their real life experiences. So, Manish, can you hear me? Hey, Rishabh, am I audible to you? Yes, loud and clear. Perfect. Hey, Rishabh, how are you doing? Very good, very good, Manish. And I'm very excited for today's conversation. And as we speak, more and more people are joining us to listen to you live. <clears throat> Likewise, like I'm super excited to have this conversation with you. I guess this was a long pending conversation. I guess we have been talking about this for a long period of time. I'm super glad that we are able to have this talk today. Oh, absolutely. And moreover, even with respect to the topic, right? So to all the listeners, let me briefly introduce Manish to all of you. He's the CEO of Fellow, is a finance grad from Texas A&M College Station and comes with over six years of experience across traditional finance and early stage fintech startups. He worked at HSBC and was the first team member of Coinex, India's largest crypto exchange where he was responsible for product, strategy, and operations. He played a key role in scaling the company to a platform doing over $265 million trading volume per day. Wow, that's impressive, Manish. Thank you. Thanks a lot. I mean, early crypto days and, you know, we are the first exchange out there. So, yeah, it's been some pretty amazing uh, days over there. Wow, awesome. So, Manish, let's begin. So, can you talk about your journey all these years, right from the time when you were studying? you can define some of the highlighting moments. Got it. I mean, uh, I guess, uh, I guess uh, the, the way of, you know, starting up uh, got into me when I was in my undergraduate, uh, sorry, in, in my undergraduation. Uh, I did, I was a mechanical engineer by, uh, you know, undergrad. And uh, like one of the first internships, what I did was in the startup called Zipper. Zipper was back then a very, very, you know, young startup, which was into location management. Right now, Google is solving most of the problem statements what they solved back then. So I happened to work directly under the CEO of the company whose name is Aditya Vuchi. So that was the first time I had a real-time experience in terms of looking into problem statements of having impact on day-to-day -day lives. I also happened to intern at Jaguar Land Rover and though it was an exciting internship, I did not find it that exciting as, as much as what uh, Zippo was solving because Zippo was mostly solving a real-time problem rather than, you know, Something which is already solved for someone else. So that's the first time I felt that, you know, this is something which super excites me to solve something which impacts a day-to-day -day life. And that is the first time I thought of, you know, getting into the startup ecosystem. I didn't want to that during my undergraduation itself. Uh, like I didn't want to be dependent a lot on the family. So I was doing a lot of graphic designing work for a lot of colleges, other small businesses. And that's how I used to make money for myself. So that I would say that is the first first entrepreneurial stint in my life. But uh, after that, there were small ideas which me and my friends have been working together. Uh, uh, like the, the first the first days of uh, you know young entrepreneurial journeys, you know you don't validate a business idea. You just find something exciting to just sort of 
go in and build it but you know once you sort of start doing it you realize that you know it's not a scalable business so like that had like tons of ideas uh, initially but uh, after that i wanted to sort of have a big radical shift from my mechanical engineering career to uh, completely into something into a business perspective especially finance because uh, i wanted to become an investment banker in the long run and that's why i wanted to have a shift into the into the financial career so that's when i went to us and pursued my masters in finance over there but one thing what i knew was i wanted to sort of earn like shit loads of money for good two years into investment from investment banking i actually wanted to come back to india and you know start something up into the fintech ecosystem but you know uh, what, like it never happens whatever you plan right so i unfortunately had to come back to india very soon and uh, then i was very fortunate enough to get the first job uh, into this uh, cryptocurrency exchange called as coinex back then from 2017 to 2019 coinex was the largest cryptocurrency exchange and we were the first cryptocurrency exchange in india right now you hear a lot about coin dcx coin cobase which is etc but we were way very very before them and doing like over 300 million dollars in trading volume so i joined along with the co like i was the first team member after the co-founders and scaled the company from x to 10x and that is the first first entrepreneurial experience what i could say i had and once i realized that i sort of have the skill set of building a business that is when i exited the startups and started my own entrepreneurial journey so when i was starting up i did not have a co-founder i asked a lot of my friends if they could sort of start up with me but uh, they were sort of a bit uh, hesitant to do it because of you know there is what startup ecosystem has so i got into this talent investor program called as entrepreneur first and that's where i met my co-founder shauri and we both started building fellow together since last jan 2021 so yeah that's that's bits and bytes about my entrepreneurial journey a, a us return desi was sort of starting up in the fintech ecosystem today so yeah that's about me and anshay Oh, you you touch based upon a few areas. Yes, you touch based upon few areas, right? And and I'll I'll pick uh, one by one. But uh, Manish, uh, you studied in US, right? I mean, so what yes. made you come back to India? And uh, I believe when you came back, you had nothing planned, right? So what was the absolutely. situation then? I mean, two things. So firstly, uh, to be absolutely honest with you, also I always had this vision of coming back to India just within a short span of two months because sorry, two years because uh, India is a space to be for startups undoubtedly because the it's such a big it's just such a big market. We're talking about a country which is one point three billion populated, and the problem statement is um, and, and there's so many problem statements which are worth exploring in India. That's why you're seeing the Googles, the Twitters, the Facebooks. Everyone is sort of behind India because there's a lot of you know problem statements which are worth exploring. so that has always been there on my mind but the reason why i had to sort of come up very very soon because this was in the peak uh, what do you say i'm just not getting the okay this is these are the peak trump days where trump sort of played around with a lot of indian students as visas and all and one of the law which he sort of brought in between was uh, one of the thing is you know i i, I did a non stem course which is financial course i have only one year of visa extension and secondly he played around saying that you know we won't be giving h1b visas to the international students they need to get out and all and because of that had a huge impact so though i had a visa tenure for like uh, 15 months uh, i started getting interview calls from goldman sachs india so that is when i started realizing that in in us uh, i I've, i've been to almost almost all uh, final round of interviews everyone have been saying that you know it's only because you're an international student you don't want to play around with the current existing situations uh we can't sort of give you a job opportunity but another and goldman sachs and some of the big investment banking companies are india sort of having inviting me for a conversation 
So that is when with a very gut instinct, I took a call of coming back to India. Also, it was a very calculated risk call as well because uh, in US, almost 60% of my fee was a scholarship because I got a, a 10% score in my uh, GRE quant. So they gave me a huge scholarship. So it was almost like doing a MBA in good B school in India. So with that gut feeling, I sort of came back to India and started interviewing with Goldman Sachs. But that, I mean, I, again, as I told you, right, I had no plan in mind also. Like I just thought that I'll crack Goldman. I was in the seventh or eighth round Goldman interview. Uh, that is when these three people, I, I came across this startup CoinX where three IIT and BITS guys were sort of building the first crypto exchange. My brother told me that they're sort of looking for a finance guy and why don't you give an interview to them? So I just dropped a random email to Aditya and I guess that is a that is one of the biggest uh, life-changing moments for me because if it wasn't for CoinX, I wouldn't have been talking with you at this point of time because I learned everything on how to build a business with that. So yeah, that's why I sort of came back from USA and that's why... That's how I sort of got into the entire uh, startup ecosystem as well. Wow, that's awesome, Manish. But that brings me to another question. I mean, yes. you had an opportunity to either join mm-hmm. Goldman or yes. CoinEx. And CoinEx was yes. an unheard name then. Yes. Right? So so yes. what went into your mind? Uh, mm-hmm. you know, what motivated you to join a startup which is completely uh, unheard and that went into, you know, in a category which had no regulations per se? So I myself was into, I was doing some sort of crypto mining in USA. So right from 2016 itself, I, I, I was into the crypto ecosystem. So once I sort of heard the idea of CoinEx, I was blown away because there was no exchange in India which was trading cryptocurrencies. And the only cryptocurrency which was being offered by one of the then exchange in India was ZPay. And it was almost like a brokerage platform. Like there's just buy and sell which is happening over there. But there's no tradable exchange at present. So that is when... so. The, the idea was brilliant, but again, when you're sort of joining a startup, you need to validate a lot of things, like how exactly the founders are, is a founder, is a company funded or not. Back then, Coinix was not yet funded, by the way. So I just went to their office and just happened to speak with Rahul. Rahul Raj was, was right now the CEO of Flowbiz. Coinix eventually pivoted to Flowbiz. And we didn't even have an interview, by the way. We just had a one-hour conversation as to how exactly the crypto ecosystem can evolve in the long run. That is when I realized that this is the company where I want to be. I had like two job of, job offers in hand. Of course, I did not make it to Goldman, but I made it to other big uh, investment banking companies like Moti Laloswar and other companies. But I checked all the offers and Sashtator went to Coinix because I just believed with this thing. Another another catch away, Coinix uh, did not offer me the opportunity, by the way. They told that uh, I would be too expensive for them to have onboarded. They thought of having this person that I might be asking too much of a salary. They couldn't sort of afford because I just did not. I just came from uh, USA. But I just told them that you don't even need to pay me. You just give me an intern salary for the first two months. I'm totally fine with working with you guys. So it was almost like I was, I was taking like a peanut salary during the first two to three months. But once the company became big, once the company, uh, you know, got a huge funding and all, it was no looking back. We just grew along with the company as well. So it was a very gut instinct. I knew that this is, this is going to be a huge space. And yeah, I guess I sort of got the best out of it in terms of experience. Wow. I mean, that that's commendable because how many people actually do that, right? I mean, uh, people get used to the 30th of every month getting a big fat paycheck, right? And you I, have to come, <laughs> you know, I mean, my dad, my, dad, my, dad, my dad lost hopes in me because firstly, he thought I, w- I would sort of settle up in the States and I sort of came back from the States. Secondly, you know, like some corporate jobs, I mean, settle corporate jobs with a high package chodke. I was saying that, hey, I'll, I'll sort of go to Mumbai and sort of work in the startup, which is not funded and I'm taking an internship and I was like, you do whatever in what I sort of lost hope in you. So that was, his, that was his thought. 
but eventually you know coinex came in limelight like everyone is sort of speaking about coinex our relatives were big time customers of coinex and that is when he sort of realized that oh this guy actually took a very bold and brave step is actually paying out so again you know it was a very of course you know it was a very very risky step but you know you know it, it was almost like a binary thing one or zero i'm glad that one happened to me if it would have been zero i guess would have would would have been having another conversation right now maybe i wouldn't have been in this podcast at all you just never know but again you know everything happened it was the right product at the right time within the indian ecosystem oh absolutely no doubt about that manish but yes, you yes. know with respect to this podcast i'll definitely say we give a lot of you know importance even to the learnings and the failures because generally Absolutely. indian mindset is such where you know yes. fail hone se log darte hain right yes, i mean yes. and wahi pe sabse zyada seekhna milta hai right so i mean Absolutely. had you not taken a plunge of getting into coinex you would have been continuing with a day job uh, you know in in somewhere some of the other company oh undoubtedly i i feel that the entrepreneurial experience started with failure itself over here because i feel that the first entrepreneurial experience apart from me doing you know this graphic designing job is you know taking a loan and going to usa and coming back with it so roi to almost negligibly okay it's it's a negative over here so that that's the first thing where i feel that it was a failure because i thought you know I, i'll sort of take a loan get into investment banking earn like crores and crores of rupees and using that money i wanted to start up but no there itself is sort of it was a failure but again i feel i i felt that you know everything what i did after that has been super super uh, cautiously done at the same time you know it was very calculatedly done at the same time taking advice from other people and that's how i felt that uh, i made sure that i'm not repeating the same mistakes and i feel that is how a person grows as well if a person is repeating the same mistakes then the growth is not happening so i make sure that the re- mistakes what i did in 2017 i'm not making in 2022 i hope to make new mistakes so that i can learn and sort of make sure i don't repeat them in my current business Absolutely, absolutely, Manish. So, Manish, uh, yeah. uh, but what made you quit Coinex, and mm-hmm. how how did the idea for Fellow come about then? A oh, very simple. So, uh, at Coinex, as I told you, I was the first non-tech member. Technically, I was the fifth team member. I mean, the three co-founders and the second team member. So, the advantage of working in an early, early stage startup is you 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 get to do everything. So I was looking into product, uh, strategy, operations, marketing, growth, everything. So after two two and a half years, uh, I almost uh, got to know the entire trades of building a company. Even after coming back from US, I was I was hoping to sort of start up all by myself. But one thing I knew that I couldn't build a company. I know I know that uh, I sort of accept something within myself if I don't know something, what I could do, what I couldn't do. So one thing I knew in two thousand seventeen was I couldn't start up. but within 2 years of working at an early stage startup i i sort of understood how to build a company how to scale it funding kaise uthate hain what are the different verticals involved in building a startup so i think 2019 itself i had this uh, bug in me that you know one fine day let's start up but again startup karne ka mane to instantly i did not want to resign and sort of just get into the market what i did was you know uh, 9 to 10 hours i was working at phoenix and the remaining 4 hours i was making sure to read a lot into the markets So I was in Mumbai. I went to Bangalore. I went to Hyderabad and other parts of India and started speaking with people to understand different different problem statements. My first idea was into the agri tech ecosystem, but I just did not do it because I know that I can't solve an agri tech problem because I did not have the skill set. But that is when I started realizing that I'm a I've been in the fintech ecosystem, so let's start solving something in the fintech ecosystem. So once I realized a good problem statement is existing out there, that is when I spoke with the founders of. Uh, Flowbiz. I mean, right. Eventually, we Connex converted to Flowbiz as well. So I was with Flowbiz for a good five months, and uh, Flowbiz did not excite me to be honest, because Flowbiz is more into B two B rather than a B two C ecosystem. I'm more. I, I love 
solving B2C problems. So once the pivot also happened, uh, I went and told to the founders of Coinex, who are my great friends right now, that, hey, I want to sort of finally exit the company and uh, start up something on my own. I'm not joining any company. It's just for the purpose of starting up. And it was a very, very sweet part of what we had. We, we, are, we are all great friends right now. We help each other in every possible way. They helped me a lot, in, in fact, in terms of growing and scaling the company because they themselves, right now, they're funded by Sequoia, which where they raised $31 million. So that that's when I realized that, you know, like this is the right time for me to exit because I know which 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 market is uh, worth the disrupting and how exactly to sort of go about it. So yeah, that's, why, that's why I sort of decided to leave funds. Got it. But, but then uh, how did this idea came about for fellow? Got it's it. a very, so, very uh, interesting concept, right? I mean, yeah. you're trying to solve uh, two different things in a way. Exactly. So it's uh, so we started speaking. I personally started speaking with a lot of consumers uh, for over a uh, good seven months. And uh, I was, uh, one of the biggest problems statement what we found was, especially within 18 to 25-year-old people, they're not uh, inclined towards healthy finance. Like you're seeing these bros, zerodas, etc. everything, but people are not inclined towards healthy finance as a whole. You see in India, only 20 to 25 percent of people are digitized in terms of using digital financial products. And they don't use it in a healthy way at all. People still save in traditional savings bank accounts, where, they, where they're hardly getting any returns, which is less than India's inflation. Second problem statement, what we found out was uh, people hardly explore the alternate investment markets. And thirdly, 60 percent of the people with whom I spoke did not have enough money to meet their next three month needs. So financially, they have been not that inclined towards doing healthy finance. So when we when this problem statement came up, the first solution what we wanted to build was a robo advisory platform where you know based on your spending pattern we say that hey you're spending here a lot don't spend this do something like this so a, a good uh, say a saving uh, you know personal advisor uh, with uh, AI driven saving personal advisor that is something which we wanted to build but we noticed that that business is not scalable there were existing competitors who are just being uh, bought off by other uh, fintech giants like ICICI Bank and HDFC. So then we did second round of consumer interviews and over there, the first, the, we, we found out three biggest data points. The first data point, what we found out was 90% of the users with whom we spoke started using uh, digital mode of transactions only because Google Pay and PhonePay is giving them some scratch cards. So people are ready to get into something healthy if they're getting incentivized. Second data point, what we found out was uh, they're ready to do anything if their friends tell them something. For example, of the people whom we spoke, the investing users got into investment ecosystem only because their friends and family suggested them. And the third data point, what we found out was 70% of the people with whom we spoke are big time into paid casual and fantasy style gaming applications like these Dream 11, Steam, Patis, etc. They were thinking that they're putting 50, 100 rupees and they will get like, you know, 5,000, 10,000 or 1 lakh rupees in rewards. But they were actually forgetting that these are gambling uh, applications and that the probability of winning these games is very, very low. So... That's when we realized that if people, if, if a user is putting 50 rupees to earn 5,000 rupees, why can't the user use the same 50 rupees to save in a healthy way? So that is when we realized that the only problem is existing in terms of the perseverance of how people consume finance and how financial applications are existing in India. If you change the look and feel of how finances, financial applications are existing today in India and wrap it around with the world of gaming, let's see how things shape up. So that is when we sort of got this idea that why don't we gamify the entire experience of financial applications where the front end engine will be almost like people are playing games, but in the back end, it is complete, complete 
banking applications where people are saving, investing, and consuming other financial products. So that's how we came across this idea of Fellow, which is a game-based savings application. Even when we sort of came with the idea, uh, you know, Rishab, uh, there was no, no, there's no application just doing this in India. So that is when we were actually scared and equally excited as well. Scared because why no one is doing it? There might be something wrong with it. We look, we digged into it and found there's absolutely nothing wrong with the idea. Then we looked into, we got excited and looked into the Western markets. Now in the Western markets, we saw a lot of companies like yeah, there's Yota Savings, there is Price Pool, etc., etc., which were doing this in a very very grand scale, and that gave us a big confidence that you know people actually tried out such a idea in the in the in the Western countries. And the same problem statement is existing in India. And let's start going and disrupting this with the same gaming plus finance approach. So that's how we got the idea after speaking with consumers for a long period of time, and that's how we went and launched a product like that. So, so Manish, uh, what are the games that people play? Uh, if you can just uh, briefly talk about that as well. Get it. So right from day one, we wanted to have the games to be something with a touch of financial angle associated with it, but. We're talking about a typical Indian consumer over here. Typical Indian consumer, agar, if you go to him or her and start educating them, they don't get excited, to be honest. Like even if someone says and tells something good for me, like people don't get excited to hear all those yarn and bash. Let's be honest about it. True. So that is why what we decided was let's not start. Let's not start with you know finance centric games where people will be bored out. Let's start with fun casual games where we can sort of get them hooked onto the platform. So that is why we started with fun games like tambola, cricket, uh, pool. We're also eventually coming up with football, etc. And how the application works is very simple. Like you save hundred rupees, you get hundred fellow tokens, and using these tokens, you can play these games. If you win in these games, you get to win rewards. Even if you lose in these games, no, your your savings doesn't get affected. It's actually saved in digital gold. So that's how the application works. Like right? so, what we'll be doing is once the user gets hooked onto the platform, they find the application to be fun and exciting. After like 10-15 games, that is when we'll start bringing in the financial-centric games through which we'll drive financial literacy also to the users. So people also think that, you know, both are a fun game. Let me start experimenting the other games as well. So that is how we're trying to play around with the consumer side. That, that's interesting, Manish, because uh, here what you said, uh, even while you were doing some market research and all, Yes, that yes. You, you went into the details about identifying yes. a niche area and then exactly. deciding to go ahead uh, with the product development and all. Exactly. See, one thing what we see, like the something what I saw right from day one is uh, entrepreneurs try to do two things. One, you build something for the market and secondly, you try to squeeze something into the market. Whenever a product has been tried to squeeze into the market, it hasn't been successful. The product market fit has been a big, big challenge over there. But some, if you sort of understand the consumer's problem statements and try to bring a solution for it, then the success rates have been pretty, pretty high. So that is why we took the road of talking with consumers and to build a product rather than just copying and pasting something which you're finding exciting in the Western ecosystem into India. Got it, got it. So Manish, uh, that that brings me to the uh, topic, right? Since so many students are also listening us live, right? Absolutely. Can you talk about your experience of how to start a startup in India now, specifically on that subject? Sorry, I, I sort of missed you. You are saying how to start up in India. Yes. So, because see, one was that you did all the market research and yes, then yes. you decided on a product, right? Yes. But yes, the point yes, is, yes. there are many people, right, who yeah. do not even know how to go about starting a company and do all. So, if you can just talk about, you know, the experiences that you had of building your I mean, own I mean, company. 
we are living in a society today where you know young you know 10 year 12 year kids are just starting up with a very very small idea like one of the biggest beauty what i find today is you know uh, the ecosystem is so 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 developed that starting up became very easy like if i talk 5 years before starting up was very very difficult access to capital was difficult you know you know getting the of course hiring is a big problem even right now i wouldn't uh, disagree with that but you know getting the tools and access and mentorship into the startup ecosystem has been very difficult 5 years ago but right now the ecosystem has much more much more mature so one thing what i would say is firstly like just go ahead and do it like just go ahead and start hustling around you yourself will sort of figure out something that is something which i can tell on a high level you but if you can ask me something like structured way what i can say is uh, start with an idea first start with an idea first that is what i would say pick a topic pick something which excites you read more about it start reading more and more and then you'll start finding a lot of problem statements of it like it could, the, the 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 solution the problem could be as simple as you saying that you know hey like uh, i'm driving a bike and this bike is just giving me like 10 kilometers in mileage now you will start asking why to it now from that why you'll start getting so many so many questions and just keep asking lot of whys now with the final why you'll find a big problem statement that is where you'll start finding the solution so first start with a pretty easy problem which you find in your day to day life or even start with any exciting problem statement once you find the problem statement look how big the problem statement is because if you want to do a startup and if you want to get funding for the startup people want to see big problem statements rather than small problem statements today so after finding the problem look at how big the problem statement is does the problem statement make sense once you find the problem statement and look for a potential solution for it like for example our problem statement is people are not inclined towards healthy finance and we want to make finance easy for them our approach has been to gamify the experience there are other there are other applications similar to what i mean they want to solve the same problem statement like there is jar who is doing uh, what do you say spare change investments there is uh, easy plan who is doing ai based investments so the approaches could be absolutely different but first target down the problem statement and see how big the solution is now once it is done put in extra effort to validate it in a very very basic level like how like just just build a very uh, bare, bare minimum of a poc or like a proof of concept of it that is what we did as well when when we came up with an idea like a game based finance application like philo no one actually believed that this will actually work so what me and shaurya did is just within a short span of 2 weeks we built a very very like a bare minimum version of application with absolutely no like no coding tools and that's how we sort of validated with 2000 people and these 2000 people have been within friends and family who referred 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 and we got like 2000 people just in a short span of uh, like one month to two months now through that we validated the idea now once your product is validated go and talk with investors very simply go and talk with investors and today access to investors is very very simple if you are if someone is saying that i am not able to get connected to an investor then he or she hasn't sort of hustled around he or she hasn't reached out they didn't put us maximum 100% efforts even if you just change your linkedin bio to founder or like ceo of xyz company just for the sake of it you'll get 10 investors reaching out to you today like that desperate that that's how the investor ecosystem is today they don't want to miss out on ideas so once you sort of validate a poc go and talk with the investors if they love the idea they'll go ahead and invest it if not there are a lot of talent investor programs in india today one talent investor program which i personally would love to talk about is entrepreneur first which i was a part of what entrepreneur first does is uh, out of like 3000 4000 applications they select 50 individuals every sorry once in uh, twice in one year and 
they find their ideas like they expect they, they, whatever ideas they have if they find these to be exciting uh, they fund these ideas there's similar to talent investors and idea investor programs in india like there is antler there is uh, axilian and uh, axel has sort of come up with their own thing there's another th- incubator called 100x pc you are investing more in ideas rather than you know the product itself so at least have your idea ready know what you are trying to build what solution you are having and how big the market is if you at least have a basic presentation deck ready at, with you right now you can go and pitch to an investor and get a basic seed amount or a pre seed amount of at least like 20 30 lakhs very very easily today so that's how you sort of start up and that's how you get the funding and after that's all about scaling got it got it so so manish uh, if you can just talk a little bit more about your experiences uh, with entrepreneur first i mean how did yes. it help you as a, as an individual oh big time i guess i can i can totally say that after coins is there something else which made my entrepreneurial dream possible as entrepreneur first the reason why i say it because i had the intro to start up i had everything to do it but i am a non coder i can't code and i'm building a startup which is absolutely tech heavy so that is when uh, one of my friend who was into entrepreneur first singapore he told me that uh, hey i know that you're starting a bind to sort of apply for entrepreneur first so what entrepreneur first does is they help you out with you know uh, so they, they select bunch of 50 individuals across different different uh, backgrounds and a lot of tech uh, entrepreneurs also i mean tech enthusiasts as well so i applied to ef and i was fortunate enough to be one of the team members to be selected for ef bangalore and here that like 50 other individuals similar to me but i made sure to sort of select someone who is having a tech background that is shaurya so me and shaurya have been friends right from day one eventually we sort of found great synergies in the finance side of uh, you know ideas and we both started teaming together but what entrepreneur first offers more than finding a co-founder is they give you a lot of advisory they give you a personal advisor who help you out in terms of building the business during the early days how exactly you need to start up it what are i am sort of telling you in a high level uh, like high level view they do it in a very granular level view they assign you entrepreneurs in residence and other advisors who help you in step by step way of how exactly you have to start up and once you have a very basic version of the idea with some basic poc validation they there's something called as a pitch day in the pitch day you go ahead and pitch them and if you if you if they love your idea if they love your hustling more than the idea if they love you if, if they love you how exactly they sort of showing that enthusiasm to start up they go ahead and give you a seed check they give you a pre seed investment of roughly i guess 45 lakhs or i guess around 60 lakhs to 1 crore rupees so that is what they do and uh, another thing what they also do you is uh, in the next 3 months if you are if you are actually scaling the product in a good way they go ahead and give you a seed uh, seed funding as well and seed funding is a very very big number as well so that is how they sort of helped me out in sort of just a person who just want to start up they made sure that this person is having the product with a market and you know a co-founder and a team in hand so that is how entrepreneur first and that's how even antler works as well antler is another uh, you know similar talent investor program in india but they invest mostly in come is in founders who already who, who already have a product so i would say that if someone who is just wanting to start up and have no uh, no money in hand uh, no what do you say idea in hand and uh, you know they just want to start up i feel entrepreneur first is the best place to go for them uh, also another fund of forget they give you stipend of 2000 dollars every month so you don't you don't you won't even have this uh, financial liability your 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 parents will never sort of be afraid that you know my son is start my son and daughters are starting up and uh, they don't have some finan- they don't have something coming in their hand so don't worry about it they pay you a hefty stipend of 2000 dollars every month wow that's awesome so manish yeah. uh, 
the specific question, the other one that I wanted to ask you is how to find a co-founder? Because many times people just start with friends and all. And you also did yes. the same thing. You approached your friends and all, right? Yes. But yes. finally, what were the areas that you looked into in getting a co-founder, which actually uh, is complementing to your strength in a way? I would blindly say first look out for your friends undoubtedly because uh, in spite of you and the co-founder having 1000% uh, you know intersection with ideas and the way you work if you don't have the personal connect Rishab things will collapse like we're talking about companies today like uh, like I don't want to take the names but uh, you know people getting kicked out of the start of the ecosystems a uh, lot of the lot of court cases happening just because the the founders are quarreling between themselves they don't have the personal synergy right from day one this is very 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 important to make sure that you and your founder have personal synergy that is point one after that make sure that you and your founder talk the same language at least when i'm saying talking talking the same language like your ideas match a bit your uh, interests match a bit i'm not talking about personal day to day interests at least some of the other they should be matching thirdly make sure that you and your founder don't have common skill sets when i'm saying common skill set like you make sure that you like if if you if you're coming from business background make sure that your product your your co-founder is uh, not coming is is coming is not coming from business background he or she should be from marketing background he or she should, should be from preferably a tech background because they shouldn't be intersection between both your skill sets so make sure that these three things are aligned after that uh if you both believe in the product then that's a home run situation if i just give the example of me and shaurya me and shaurya met at entrepreneur first first we were we had big time beer buddies like we we sort of gelled a lot in terms of personal synergy then after one and a half to two months we realized that actually we are great friends and we actually have a good synergy in finance like we speak the same language over there now that is when we realized that let's start uh, building something and uh, that's how we started building a product like fellow so one advantage of being a friend and turning out into a founder is uh, you know even if you know you'll always have founder disputes and even in founder disputes you always have empathy towards the other founder and try to settle down in a good way so these are three things which are really sort of ask someone to look out for in a co-founder and then once you have these it's all about building a product got it got it so manish you you did mention uh, earlier about the uh, validating an idea right i mean the way you yes. guys did uh, was doing it in uh, interviewing people and finding out uh, the feedback and all but how mm-hmm. is it that people can actually the students who are listening us live you know how mm-hmm. how can they validate their product offering or the service that they intend to get into is there any can technique just, there can just repeat the last two things i just lost you over there sir so how how can people actually validate their product offering or the service that they want to get into before actually launching the product in place very simple uh let me talk about our idea itself now mm-hmm. the i so let's the why we did fellow firstly we got the problem statement of uh, you know people are not inclined towards finance let's talk about savings today so once we found this is a big problem this is a problem statement which i found out out of my consumer research interviews that is when we start market sizing the problem statement like how big it is so what we did was how many people are there within 18 to 25 year old age group out of these 18 to 25 year old age group how many people are earning more than 20000 rupees in india and out of these 120000 uh, individuals how many have the spending capacity to invest at least 20000 rupees in a year now if you sort of funnel down this thing if the final number is turning out to be over a billion dollars or something then that means it's a very very big problem statement so that is when we we'll go ahead and start building an idea if your total market size is turning out to be somewhere within like 
say 20 20 million dollars or 30 million dollars then it's not a big problem so try to choose a problem which is very very big targeting a massive audience and you know at the end of the day it's even profitable as well you need to even think from a business perspective so that's how you sort of rule down to a pinpoint to an idea you market size it and finally uh, once you realize it's even scalable very very fast you go ahead and build the product well i think that, that that's pretty impressive manish it's like a you're giving step by step examples uh, I mean, that's awesome i mean th- thanks a lot thanks a lot i mean like this 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 is the first thing i feel that anyone should do it you know like uh, uh, you know so i'll give you first example so the first idea what i had during my college which uh, i mean i i loved i i brilliantly loved the idea but it's not scalable in india which the I, the name of the idea is called white ticket now what white ticket does is it's a secondary market for selling tickets in india like for example you rishab you bought a movie ticket and it's a very big problem statement in india that people want to cancel in the last minute so there's no marketplace manish got a call we'll wait for him to join back manish you're on mute at all you're talking Hey, so sorry. Like uh, I, I suddenly got a call. So sorry about that. Uh, so yeah, as I was saying, uh, there is white ticket, right? So what happened? So in white ticket, we are trying to build a marketplace for selling tickets uh, to individuals. But uh, the biggest problem is there are very, very few people who would actually want to sell market to sell the secondhand tickets. Secondly, we'll be a marketplace for a lot of these actual black ticket sellers. And thirdly, it is non-regulated. So. there itself it was a, there were a lot of potential red flags and the market was very very small so that is when we realized that let's not do it but today it's it's as i told right i don't want to repeat the same mistakes what happened in the past we actually went and built a product for white ticket as well like it was it was almost in a shipping stage back in our college days but today before even ideating we made sure that the market is significantly big before going ahead and starting to build a product for it wow interesting yeah So Manish, uh, what is the difference between a prototype and a minimum viable product? If you can just throw some light there as well. Ah, uh, see, most of the cases, prototype is almost equivalent to minimum viable product. To be honest, prototype is. I'll tell you the first the the prototype. What we had is a, it's gaming and finance, right? We want we wanted to make sure it's a very very skeleton version which can at least show you that the product is working. That is like a very very basic prototype. Like. prototype can actually like can either be in the form of whatsapp uh, like in, in in terms of you know doing the business over whatsapp you can even do it on the spreadsheets as well it's like a very skeleton version of it and minimal viable product is you know a refined version of this prototype through which you could sort of go and test it out in a very very significant level that is a that, that's the fine line of difference what i could say but right now i see a lot of consumers lot of companies taking up the prototype as a minimum viable product today back in early days like if i say 5 to 6 years ago people were first building some screens and trying to show this as prototypes to take user information but today that 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 uh, idea is not working and people are going ahead with a minimum viable product to test out the products and sort of uh, then scale it up big time so say if you have like a a, a very big 100% of an idea 10% of it is like a, a minimum viable minimum by mvp and uh, uh, just a flow chart version of it or like a very very 1% of it is like a prototype but again this 1% should speak for the 100% even the 10% should speak for the 100% oh absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah. no doubt no doubt 
so so manish while there are few uh, questions being there in the chat box yes. and i'll take uh, one by one yes. uh, before that i wanted to ask you on two aspects yes. one is uh, how to go about registering as uh, your own organization if you can throw some light on that and the other thing are the regulatory approvals required uh, for starting up oh starting up is so easy today in india like it's super super easy registering a company is just like 10000 rupees it's like very very cheap and uh, i guess there's a lot of subsidies also available out there in the market where you get it like, like sometimes even for young entrepreneurs they're offering it for free so go to a ca pay them 10000 rupees they'll register the company for it it is that simple what is second question you asked rishabh i totally forgot about that well one is how to register a company after that i actually lost about it okay how to incorporate so that was the other was the regulatory, oh, regulatory. so regulatory approvals are dependent from uh, what do you say industry to industry if you're talking about fintech uh, sebi is a regulatory authority and then like if you're trying to sell mutual funds you need to have mutual fund distributor license if if i'm trying to do some investment application i need an investment management license if you're trying to get into the food industry like what swiggy is doing or like some food tech industry you need an fssi license so each industry has specific set of their uh, licenses required but today trust me getting a license is so 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 easy like very very easy so there a lot of advisors out there like if you just go and google like you know i want a fssi license you'll get like 10000 links easily you will go and search for how to get a sebi license you'll get like 10000 links but again getting financial licenses is a bit difficult to be honest like i don't want to easy like make it much more sound it much easier for you but again you know it's very very accessible that's what i'm saying non fintech licenses are very very easy to get to be honest got it yeah. got again as so, so i think and again non fintech and so non fintech and non medical licenses are very easy to get if you want any sort of a medical license and fintech license it, it there's a lot of scrutiny which happens before giving those licenses because these are very very sensitive uh, you know domains right with yet one on one end you're paying with people's and on the other end you're paying with people's money so government has some really stringent guidelines over there but again they're very very the, the norms became very simple to you know get one in the coming days got it yeah. got it. so so this is very interesting because when you said that it just takes around 10000 bucks which is cheaper than buying a phone oh know, absolutely right? i mean buying that is the very honest if a person like if you or she has 10000 rupees in the pocket and if they want to start up but yet still if they are buying to sort of if they are planning to sort of uh, what do you say buy a phone then that 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 itself is sort of a potential red flag that they are not interested to start up just a personal i'll just give you a very fun story uh, like in 2018 my friends went on this you know big as uh, what do you say uh, europe trip it was in 2018 back then and i was the only person to miss out on this trip on this stupid idea that you know one fine day i'll start up and this trip the trip hardly costed anything but you know right now of course i regret big time for it like of course you guys who are listening don't have any regrets don't know what i did but you know it's something you have if you if you're thinking it's a binary thing that you know if you want to put money towards your business versus putting some something into comfortable things always choose for putting in the business because the 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 post benefits are like significantly significantly high so just try just go ahead and try it out you know like you you'll absolutely love the startup experience oh absolutely yeah. i think very very well said yeah, yeah. so let me quickly take few questions uh, from the chat box that people have asked absolutely right so okay i think shubham had asked your question and this was with respect to your uh, us trip i believe uh he is asked how was the journey back then before uh, you moved to india so he wanted to know your journey before you moved to india um, my journey to us uh, i just want to sort of emphasize like just let me look at this question uh yeah. 
one second shivam how was journey back then before you moved to india uh see so, uh, so shivam if you are referring to how exactly the journey from india to usa has been and how exactly it has been there it was super great to be honest like us like i again one of the things which i would recommend any everyone is you know one needs to have this going abroad and studying at least for once because it it teaches a lot of things to it teaches personal finance it teaches you responsibilities it teaches you a lot about emotions as well like you you get attached to your family a lot after that so it's been a phenomenal experience because i was living completely on my own for the very first time and i was making taking care of my finances i did not take a single penny from my house uh, after i went to us so it was a great learning experience it, it taught me a lot as well and i guess that is where i guess the first fi- personal finance experience also happened to me so even when i sort of work right now when i sort of build a product because right now even i'm building for a gen z and young millennial product i try to see that you know will the younger version of manish use this because i'm trying to build for someone like that so yes the experience has been great after coming to india it has been super super great again it's been great learning as well so yeah uh, the, uh before uh, i guess that that's the best way i could sort of answer this question got it got it in fact rahul had a similar question uh, below that and he's asked how was your business school experience like uh-huh. was that one of the moment that you thought about getting into investment banking business school was great like killer experience i would say like uh, one of the best experience what i had i studied at mace business school at texas a&m and uh, i went to business school and pursued finance because before that itself i wanted to get into investment banking like business school did not make me to sort of get into investment banking so uh, like back then like, of course everyone wanted to aspire these harvards and you know stanfords of the world but harvard and stanford doesn't accept uh, all colleges unfortunately i wasn't from these iits and uh, bits uh, because of which i couldn't make to harvards and uh, you know stanfords back then uh, they accepted only like very few colleges within india so whatever was within my reach and was within the best in terms of rankings i went into it and texas a&m offered a very very phenomenal master in finance course and post that the job offers and in investment banking were phenomenal so in b school one thing what you learn is you get a great exp- you get a great exposure towards a lot of diverse people one of the best experiences what i had at the mace business school was i was the only indian by the way and all of them were from different different countries and different different parts of the world with different experiences and uh, different like most of them were like non engineering folks as well so i learned a lot from them i learned how exactly different other countries also function in terms of their financial ecosystems so every day all the 365 days have been super learning for me at mace business school and that's the same thing what i hear from all the b schools friends what i have at isb ims etc and uh, yeah that's that's how my experience has been but one thing one thing i mean today today if you ask me would i suggest someone to go to a b school i would say that if you are ready to pay like 40 lakhs to earn a salary of like 70 lakhs i would say that put that 40 lakhs just into doing a business that is what i would say because what you earn out of putting these 40 lakhs in a business big b school you literally earn like twice that thing you just put it in your business today so yeah my experience has been great but it's my very very personal biased opinion i wouldn't recommend anyone to do pursue higher education after doing your bachelors i would just say that go and explore the market over here because even if you just set up a small lemonade shop or even like a small you know tiffin center you'll hunt, you'll learn like thousand business deals which which is exponentially higher than what a b school will teach you oh undoubtedly undoubtedly like i would say go and apply entrepreneur first because entrepreneur first like after which uh, you know you won't even lose money they'll give you like money like 40 lakhs or 50 lakhs to start your business also so you learn a lot you literally learn a lot whatever ef teaches you that is what they teach you in a 
one year, two year business course. I'm not even kidding over here. They taught me, like, of course, I knew financial modeling, but they taught other uh, team, other entrepreneur uh, first members. They taught the entire financial modeling, how growth marketing works, everything. So there was this person, uh, there, there were a lot of people who used to tell that uh, I did a great thing by chucking off my B-school because entrepreneur first taught me all those things just within a short span of three months. And on over it, I got a $2,000 stipend and they funded my company. So that is why I would say that don't be inclined towards doing pursuing a higher expensive B-school education because it is just a tag today, guys. Just a tag today because uh, companies are not giving value to degrees anymore. They're giving value to your experiences. Today. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. In fact, uh, uh, Manish Ashi has uh, another question. Yes. And uh, she she's asking when you spoke about different verticals of starting up. Yes. How was the team building process like? Oh, so see, uh, very simple. Uh, the three, the two basic verticals. What? Sorry, sorry. Three basic verticals which every company has is product marketing and uh, like finances. Uh, product because uh, you know like uh, you, someone needs to build the tech side of it, and uh, you need someone within the tech uh, within the tech. Secondly, uh, marketing because someone needs to sell your product. So that is the second thing which you need to have a really good fit to do. And thirdly, finances and compliances because this is the biggest pain in any country, like even in India, that though you have a really good business, there are a lot of compliances in India. Like every month you need to do some filings, you need to do some payments. So you as entrepreneurs, you will miss out on something. So these are the three things which someone needs to know at least the basics before starting up. And uh, I, I, on and over it, I knew also legal and other ecosystems as well. So yeah, these are three verticals which someone needs to sort of have a good grip into their business uh, before sort of starting. And, and everyone will understand. Everyone will sort of hustle it around. Like right from day one, no one will have, no one will have answers to it. But eventually, everyone will sort of figure out the answers. For it. True, true, true. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Manish, uh, moving on. Ketan had an ask a uh, question to you, and he was asking, sir, was there someone that you looked up to as a business leader, a mentor, or a brand that inspired you? Uh, like that, like very, very, very blatantly, it was Coinex for me because uh, the reason why I take a lot of Coinex's reference is because Coinex had no funding, uh, no one believed in their idea. Thirdly, it was just a team of I was, I was a fifth team member, and we could literally like I could see those days when you know like itna paisa banana ke baajud bhi were not getting money. Now from that level to scaling the team from five member team to eighty member team. Leading it, uh, you know, building the best company culture, raising a huge round of funding, taking like fighting the Indian regulations. Like we we're literally fighting with the Indian government with respect to the crypto regulations, and then pivoting into another business and scaling that business from almost nothing to a thirty. Like right now, they they raise like a thirty-one million dollar funding. So that is a success story for me. Like they 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 saw the highs, the absolute highs. Saw the absolute lows, and right from the absolute lows, also they they sort of came like a rising phoenix. So that is why you know Coinix is Coinix, and the founders of Coinix and right now Flowers, they are the biggest mentors what I have. Even right now, if I have any problems today in terms of running the business, I just reach out to Rahul Takeshaita saying that hey, I'm finding some challenge, and can you sort of help me out with? And it's it's they're they're one of the best mentors what I had in my life, and I always look up to them in the best uh, you know level as much as possible. So I would, I would love like if you you can sort of link, uh, search, search for them on uh, LinkedIn as well. Amazing people they they mentor a lot of companies also today. They like they themselves being from bits and IITs. They have a huge exposure towards the startup ecosystem and even uh, some of the best leaders out there in the startup ecosystem. So. Got it. Got it. 
So Manish, uh, Ranjit has another interesting question yes. for you. And he's asking, uh, so you're building a product for Gen Z. Mm-hmm. So how do you plan to constantly re-strategize and stay relevant for this PG? This is a really, really interesting question. Like, uh, see, Gen Z, uh, see, uh, I won't re-strategize for Gen Z. I might have to re-strategize for Gen Y because Gen Z is already happening. Now I want to make sure that how exactly I can squeeze this product into a Gen Y ecosystem and the other ecosystems right now. So one thing, how exactly you can re-strategize or offer products which can obviously suit to the new target uh, audience or with the same target audience who are sort of growing from say 21 to 25 to 25 plus ho rahe. It's just by very simply, it's in terms of customer interviews. One basic thing which anyone needs to do throughout their entire you know, period of, uh, you know, starting up is always talk with your customers. Only when you talk with your customers, you understand how exactly their behaviors are changing, what exactly they're expecting. And based on their inputs only, you'll be able to build a product. So even right now, like the first version of the product, what we had last year and the current version of the product, what we are building, there's almost like a Zamin Asman for what we have. And the reason how we're able to sort of change these metrics, change these features, change these strategies only after talking with consumers. At the same time, it is very, very important to look into how exactly the other markets are evolving as well. Especially, it's always good to take the indicators of the Western ecosystems because the Western markets are much more, much more developed. The problem statements what we're solving today, they're already solved it like five, ten years ago. So it's always good to take the precedence and see how exactly if a new problem statement has come up, how exactly these uh, customers have evolved, how exactly they have sort of uh, evolved as well. So your primary market research component with the secondary market research will always give you a good idea as to how exactly you always have to strategize with the evolving customers and consumer users. Got it. Got it. So Manish, uh, uh, on that uh, follow-up question, Mm -hmm. how do you scale up operations? Because today you have a focus on Gen Z, Uh right? Tomorrow you will target Gen Y and and, uh, many others, right? So how are you scaling up operations? See, scaling up operations uh, at the end of the day, it's a very very one or zero answer. You just need to have, so, okay, once again, just before I just want to sort of, uh, before I answer it in the right way, when you're, saying scale, when you're saying scaling up operations, are you saying scaling up in terms of user base or how exactly you're able to sort of, uh, you know, manage such a huge uh, consumer in base that you, you want to sort of offer the best support for them? Just want to sort of touch base on the question. So, so both both the areas, Manish, one on the user base side, the other is on the overall experience as well. And even the... Tech so very simple. Like, it is. Uh, to, there are two things to it. Firstly, it's you know in terms of the entire team part, like you need to have a lot of team undoubtedly. Like see, building, getting to the first uh, five hundred thousand users, you can you can get it done with a, maybe like a team of ten as well. But if you want to build for the next five million users, undoubtedly, uh, scaling up the team is going to be very very crucial. At the same time, uh, your growth hacking comes into picture over there. You need to think out of the box marketing strategies, something which people have not thought before. 24-7 experimenting with different, different go-to-market strategies so that you get that one typical marketing strategy which just give you the next 5 million users. So that is what me and Chaurya and the entire team are doing right now. We experiment with so many GTMs every month to just figure out that one particular GTM which gives us the next 1 million dollars or 1 million users at a very, very cost-effective manner. At the same time, when you're trying to offer the best support to these people, two things. You just need to give in everything for these consumers, like initial days working your extra hours at the same time the team needs to believe in your ideas. And if the team doesn't believe in your idea, you can't do the best service for these people. So it is very important to align your team in the long-term vision. Tell to the team that what exactly you're building, why exactly you're building, so that they also start believing in your product and give the best service for you. 
you just need to think on one line that when you are not there in the company, the team take up the votes of the founders and give the same service for these users. So team will always be the first people who will sort of help you out in scaling big time. But at the same time, during the first early days, you as founders need to be the sellers and try to sell as much as possible within your personal capacity. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Like, Manish. Just, Manish, just sure. remember that uh, don't spend into marketing. If you're spending into marketing, then you're just trying to sell a product. Make sure that the product speaks for itself. And if the product is getting a virality by itself, then there's no looking back. One of the best examples what I have today is, uh, I'm just trying to think of the best example. I have a lot of examples. Uh, see, there, there, is of course, there have of course been Clubhouse. There have of course been... Uh, you know, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I, okay, let me talk. I'll tell you the best problems here, which may sort of, uh, you know, uh, get to these users as well. Let me take the example of Tinder. Why Tinder scaled up big time is because, and why Tinder got such a huge funding today, Tinders and Bumbles, because they did not spend a single money on marketing. Even today, the cost of acquisition is absolutely negligible. It means that a cost, the, the cost paid to sort of have something to get a paid user is very minimal. It means that this is the this is the product which the users absolutely need and they're referring within their friends and family big time in such a way that the product is becoming viral. So they don't need anything to be spent in marketing only. So try to build a pro, uh, product which a user really wants rather than trying to build a product which you want to squeeze into a user that will never work. So that's a two cents what I would love to do to you. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, Manish. Yeah. Very well articulated, rather. Yeah. So, Manish, uh, one last question. Absolutely, you, yes. Uh, you know, for, for the students out here, yes. any last advice that you want to give it to them? Like any last advice? Firstly, are, are all these people students? Many of them. Many of them. Like, I'll, I, one thing I'll yeah. totally tell you, uh, I'll be out of my personal experience, the first team member of our company, his name is Arab. He did not have a degree. He's not from an engineering background. He was in his uh, three one, I mean, third year, first semester. And uh, he did not have a great CGPA. The only thing what he had was he was killer with his analytical skills. He was in killer with his coding skills. He himself came and told us, you know, I don't give a shit to college because it's all about grades. And right now I just want to sort of hustle around and learn a lot of things. That is how the real world is today, guys. Like no one is taking, caring about degrees. No one is sort of caring about anything. Even investors, like they don't give a damn if you sort of have a degree or not. Like even IITs, NITs, bits, either you be from the elite colleges or not from the elite colleges also. People only care if you're a hustler and people, it, yeah. the first round of check, what you get, you, you won't get it for your product and idea. You will get it only because of what sort of a founder you are. So make sure that if you really want to start up today, put in those extra hours, like after your education, after your colleges or something also put in three to four hours extra to just find out if you're saying that I don't have time to sort of do it, then there itself, you're sort of, you know, you don't have the entrepreneurial spirit in you. Make sure that try everything to sort of explore how exactly you can sort of build a product. At least uh, re read a lot, read a lot about one single thing and you'll find out a final product statement in a very, very good way. Put in those extras, try building uh, like basic POCs, speak around with a lot of people. And one thing I would say, just hustle around. If you, if you think that marks are going to fetch you something, then we are not living in such a world. Like most of the best entrepreneurs which are seeing today, like one of the best examples is Zepto. The founders of Zipto are Stanford dropouts. Again, it's not because of them being Stanford dropouts, they got such a huge valuation. It's just because they realize that education is something which is just for the sake of paper degrees. But, you know, people are just giving value to person, uh, I mean, personal uh, skill set rather than what they're sort of achieving in academics. 
so just go there hustle around speak with people build ideas scale it up and uh, just go there like there are always people there to help you i myself would be always there to help you if you need any sort of advice within the startup ecosystem if you have a good poc if you need some validation if you want some uh, advice on if you want some proof that you know like if you want some mentorship in terms of your ideas good or not i'll be happy happily there to help you and like me there are like thousands such people out there so just go ahead and do it that's what i give you as an advice well i think that was lovely manish yeah. it was a wonderful talking to you Absolutely. you gave all the very practical advices yeah. it's like it's like a case study for people to go through this conversation now yeah and you know do for follow these steps and i think they can they can start up absolutely, yeah, absolutely. i think it was wonderful having you here absolutely like much 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 humble to be here thanks a lot for inviting me also rishya it was super exciting you know sharing my tools and i hope you know the 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 people sort of found it you know interesting and and you know i hope i made sense to these people but i really wish each and every one of you all the best in your entrepreneurial journeys hope i see some amazing products coming out from you if if not you know just start, go and join some amazing startups over there and just scale these amazing startups because these people are trying to solve some real world problems out there all the deloits and tcs have already started so they already solved problems but let's start uh, booming the startup ecosystem let's make india the next biggest ecosystem in the world absolutely thank you manish take care take care guys wonderful having you all here. the best thanks a lot to shab also looking forward for amazing such podcast thank you Thank you listeners for joining in today. Yes. We'll again have somebody for next week. Bye bye. Take care guys. Bye bye.